1: I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernil. Carol is the past president of the National Council on Aging, serves as executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation, and is on a uh, national committee on caregiving.
2: That's right, the Rays Family Caregiving Advisory Committee.
1: Which is doing all kinds of important work.
2: Well, there is a request for information right now. If anyone is interested in telling the committee what federal policies we need to help family caregivers, so I'm sure there's a lot of people listening out there with an opinion on that. Um, and you can go to the uh, just Google Raise Family Caregiving Act, and you will find all of the information you need.
1: Money. We need money for caregivers. That
2: is one of the recommendations. Yes. Boy, I more would money. Hope
1: so. Wow. Well, somebody who knows a lot about caregiving and issues involved in caregiving is joining us on our Caregiver SOS on-air hotline. Leslie Peters, who is with the Parkinson's Foundation. She's been involved in issues surrounding Parkinson's for quite a while. She saw firsthand the effects of Parkinson's in her late mother-in-law and even more personally with her husband, early-onset Parkinson's. She's been an activist in the field in Colorado and elsewhere. And, Leslie, we're delighted to welcome you to Caregiver SOS On Air. Thanks for coming on.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
1: And one of the issues, and I guess we ought to start with Parkinson's uh, 101, because folks know it in general terms. They know about uh, the uncontrolled body movements and what have you, but really know very little about the disease. So tell us about Parkinson's.
3: Well, Parkinson's um, is a is a movement disorder. Um, you know, most people again are familiar with with the tremors um, and that sort of thing. But there are quite a few um, non motor symptoms um, that that also go along with Parkinson's. Um, that can be cognitive changes, um, also um, you know, bowel issues, um, you know, gut issues. Um, there's also um, you know a lot uh one thing that is 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 not not as well known is apathy, and that's probably um one of the things you know that my husband struggles with um the most um and it's 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 a normal um part of the disease progression um but it's a very frustrating <laughs> symptom to both um you know himself and and family
1: now did you say apathy apathy yes. so no inertia no reason to get up and do stuff, just kind of vegetate?
3: Yeah, just, you know, that um, my husband used to be, you know, kind of a, a type A personality. So I would say that that was probably one of the things that I, that I, that I noticed first um, was that just, you know, losing that, that little bit of the, the type A personality, if you will.
1: His drive, his energy?
3: yes. Exactly, um, also you know fatigue is 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 also a big a big uh, symptom of parkinson 's as well
1: now, what age was your husband when he was diagnosed?
3: Um, well, he was misdiagnosed um, for several years with um, an essential tremor. Um, he started in with symptoms in two thousand um, and seven and wasn 't actually. Didn't have a definitive diagnosis until about um, 2013. Um, so he he started with symptoms right about uh, the age of 45.
2: Well, talk about talk about the diagnosis. Um, it, what happens if there's a misdiagnosis? Is a delay in diagnosis is that detrimental to the person with the disease? You know, um, it's
3: it's it's frustrating um, in in. All honesty, some of Steve's delay um, in, in diagnosis was also the fact that his mom had Parkinson's. Um, so when he was diagnosed with essential tremor, I was, you know, doing high fives um, to everyone, thinking, you know, it, it's gay, it's not Parkinson's. Um, so in we kind of um, stuck our heads in the sand a little bit in the beginning um, and went with that diagnosis until, you know, there was. No other alternative. We had to, uh, we knew once he had, once he developed the resting tremor, um, that, that it was Parkinson's.
2: Well, so, and that, and
3: um, I would he, say that. Like I said, was, was misdiagnosed for about three years, um, but we didn't, we didn't rush you know, back to the neurologist right. looking for that diagnosis as
2: well. Well, but that, that letdown, that, you know, the, the, I, that's one of the difficulties. I was having a conversation actually on the way to the studio um, about some of the frustrations that we as caregivers and family members experience when things we don't really know what's going on or someone thinks something else is going on and we find out it's different. That roller coaster ride is, can be exhausting.
3: Well, it is, you know, and um, unfortunately, Steve's mom really struggled with her um, disease. And we had moved her to um, from Pennsylvania to Colorado to be with us after his dad passed away. And it wasn't until, you know, she was in Colorado and, and living with us that we saw, you know, the disease day to day and how, um, you know, how impacted she was. With it, so um, it was it was a very difficult time, and it was actually right before she passed away that Steve started demonstrating some of you know his symptoms started to present, and so I really felt like I didn't know if I would (laughs) survive that. So, um, you know, it it was definitely a difficult time. But, yes, it doesn't help, you know, when, um, you know, since he was so young, they weren't looking for it. You know, we were told point blank, you know, it doesn't run in families. So, you know, he he absolutely doesn't have it. And, you know, we kind of clung to that for for quite a while.
1: Now, I want to talk a little bit about your work as an advocate on Parkinson's issues both statewide and nationally. But for those who may have just joined us, I want to let you know you're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host Carol Zerniel, and we're talking on our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline with Leslie Peters. She's with the Parkinson's Foundation, has been active in Colorado and elsewhere, working on Parkinson's and issues involved in Parkinson's. And I guess the question ought to be, Leslie, what are the issues? What are the challenges that you're facing that require both legislative and societal adjustments?
3: Well, I would say from a legislative, um, you know, there's there's a lot of policy um, issues that impact people with Parkinson's. So, you know, by going up onto Capitol Hill and um, talking to our legislators, you know, about some of those um, policy issues, whether they're, you know, whether they be, um, you know, health care, um, you know, like health insurance, um, whether they be, um, you know, Different step therapies, um, you know that sort of thing. This year, we focused on um, mental health, and you know, trying to get um, you know different therapy caps um, reduced in you know extend their pardon me, um, trying to get uh, rid of therapy caps. If you be if you if you understand. Um,
2: Right, so because you, so that I mean,
3: patients can continue. You know, one of the biggest problems um, that we had faced uh, was people with Parkinson's would, you know, be be doing physical therapy and speech therapy and cognitive therapy and and doing relatively well, but because of therapy cats have it to stop treatment and that actually, you know, sets sets patients back, you know, quite a bit. Um, we've also focused on data collection. You know, there's really no. Um, Obviously, there's there's no cure for Parkinson's, but there's nothing that even um, slows the progression of the disease. Um, we've basically had the same treatment, you know, since the 1960s. They have new ways of, you know, administering the, the therapies, um, which are new and improved. But it comes back to the fact that they don't know what's causing the disease. And until they know what's causing it, they're not going to find, you know, the, the cures that we need. Um, so we've legislated very hard for data collection in in all of the states and um you know we're finally after i have gone into capitol hill five years and we we're finally um to the point where we've you know gotten the data collection um approved and it's gone through the house and the senate and you know then we were waiting for funding um it's now being funded and it's actually being um piloted in two states so you know, it's, it's slow, but, um, you know, these are all things that we need in order to, you know, cure this terrible disease. Now,
1: how widespread is Parkinson's? I'm listening to you, and I used to work on Capitol Hill and have worked in states. Uh, you know, an awkward way to say it is if millions more had it, there'd be a lot more attention, time, and money put against it.
3: Right. And, you know, unfortunately, that is a barrier. But um, there are they're estimating right now that there's about one point five million worldwide. Um, However, now that they are, you know, people are being diagnosed younger and younger. Um, They've done a recent, you know, economic burden study that is, is showing um, that the economic, you know, burden of, of Parkinson's is enormous. And um, they, they are expecting, you know, the numbers to rise. And, and like I said, people are being diagnosed, you know, younger, younger and younger.
2: Well, why it, do we know? I, I have read that um, statistic as well, that people are being diagnosed younger. But do they know why they're being diagnosed no. younger?
3: I mean, that's what it, it all comes down to. They don't know what causes Parkinson's. Um, you know, typically it's, it's not hereditary. Right. Um, they, they were originally, you know, saying that it, with the exception of, you know, a small population of, I believe it's the Ashkenazi, um, Jewish, um, there was no, you know, real heredity, you know, studies, genetic studies. Um, now the Parkinson's Foundation is actually, um, you know, doing its own genetic study, which is also going to provide um, genetic counseling, which will make it different than, than like, the um, Ancestry.com or, you know, uh, the other one. I'm not sure. One, two, three. Um, they they just they don't know what causes Parkinson's. So until they find that out, they're not going to be able to slow the progression or, right. or, so they, or
2: cure it. Yeah, they don't even know what impacts it.
3: Well, no. Well, you- I mean, there's there's different things, you know, in my husband's case, you know, his mom had Parkinson's, um, but typically they say it's usually aunts, uncles, cousins, you know, brothers, sisters, everybody, if it's hereditary. Um, but he also grew up in Allentown, Pennsylvania, which is a highly industrial area. So I kind of feel that his, his disease may have both a genetic and an environmental component. Um, really, those are the only two things that that they're they're Hmm. saying it could be attributed
1: to. All right, now stay with me just a minute. We're talking on the Caregiver SOS on-air hotline with Leslie Peters with the Parkinson's Foundation. In the 2018 National Parkinson's Policy Forum in Washington, she received the award for the Millie Kondraki Outstanding Advocacy and Advocate of the Year, and that's pretty neat. We will come back and talk more with you. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernial you're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air on 930 AM, The Answer. We are excited to bring you the all-new WellMed Radio. Our goal is to help make listeners healthier by focusing on health and wellness for adults everywhere. The new WellMed Radio features Dr. Joshua Beck, an outstanding family physician, and attorney and veteran broadcaster, Ron Aaron. Ooh, that's me. Each week we will focus on health prevention and wellness that's critical to the quality of life. Well Med Radio, Saturday mornings at 7, Sunday
0: evenings at 5 p.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer.
1: Well, thank you so much for listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron along with our co-host Carol Zerniel. You hear us Sundays and Saturdays on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Podcasts of all of our shows are available as well. All you have to do is Google Caregiver SOS on air, and they will come to you. Leslie Peters with us on the Caregiver SOS on air hotline with the Parkinson's Foundation. Carol?
2: Well, Leslie, um, the WellMed Charitable Foundation, we, we, in addition to caregiver services, also run senior activity centers. And some of my favorite programs are around Parkinson's, and I've learned a lot about um, the group of people uh, in our community with Parkinson's, we have dancing with Parkinson's, we have shout with Parkinson's, and I think that was probably the even bigger surprise. The dancing with Parkinson's, you know, folks get up and it's the large motor movements that we're working on, but the shout, For Parkinson's, I didn't realize as you were talking about problems people don't think about that the vocal cords are also impacted by Parkinson's and keeping them loose and and this whole idea of using them and exercising them was new to me.
3: Right, um, and that kind of goes with um, like there's a, there's another program. It's it's big and loud. They they kind of describe Parkinson's as you know it kind of draws you into yourself. Um, it causes you you know to you know kind of be you know hunched over a little bit and and your voice to be softer. Um, also, patients who have deep brain stimulation, um, which is a a very common treatment for people with Parkinson's, um, they that can also impact um, the patient's voice. So doing everything, um, loudly, um, is, is, is very important. Um, when Steve's mom had, you know, Parkinson's and, and she was in Pennsylvania and we were in Colorado, she would get on the phone and we couldn't, we couldn't hear her, you know, at all. At that time, we knew nothing about Parkinson's. And I wish, you know, in hindsight that we hadn't known a lot more because I feel like maybe her, um, you know, her quality of life would have been so much better if we would have been aware of all of these different um, therapies that are out there. But yes, um, talking loud is, is hard for people with Parkinson's, and it, it, it really requires, you know, speech therapy um, or, you know, something like, like what you're referring to um, can be very impactful for people.
2: Well, for, for caregivers that are listening, that maybe they have a recent diagnosis of Parkinson's, someone's in, in their family, just gotten that diagnosis, what would you tell them? What advice would you give?
3: Um, I think the biggest piece of advice that I would give would be to take things a day at a time. Um, sometimes looking at the whole big picture can be very overwhelming. Um, that's, you know, how it was was for me. Um, People are so focused and, you know, you as a caregiver are so focused on your, your partner um, that a lot of times uh, that the, the caregiver, you know, is, is, is kind of an afterthought. So, you know, I think it's important for you to make time for yourself um, to do, you know, something that you love. Um, make sure you take care of yourself, um, proper nutrition, exercise. Um, caring for yourself will ensure that you're able to provide you know the best care for your for your person with Parkinson's and um, another really important thing is to find support Um, talking with people that are going through the same things that you are is so important um, to know that you're not alone Um, my husband and I you know really isolated ourselves for a while and it it took us a a while to kind of come out of our shell um but it wasn't until you know we had gone to um a support group where it it was it was more you know younger people who were still you know living very active lives um you know we kind of saw it as as you know a little bit of a death sentence and um just seeing other people living well with the disease. you know has has, has helped us um, this might sound stupid, but reading helps me um, sometimes just getting lost in someone else's story for an hour yeah
2: this makes perfect sense make no that makes perfect yeah, sense does. yeah i've no, been i you- I've been listening to holiday music lately, just so I
3: don't
1: yeah. have to
2: listen to the political news
1: <laughs> exactly do you have
2: children?
3: Um, we do. Um, when we when Steve was diagnosed, our daughter was in high school and our son was in um, elementary school. Yeah, I wondered what the impact and, on them was. Um, so you know, at the same time, you know, we had we were you know in the middle of of, of raising our family. Um, Steve uh, wasn't able to. Um, continue working he had some you know due to apathy and some cognitive changes he wasn't able to continue working so you know going from being an executive to applying for social security disability was was very humbling so you know there's a lot that feeds into it depending on you know what stage of life you are um, when when you're diagnosed you know people do view Parkinson's as you know an old, older person's disease um, so you know it's it, it it, it definitely, um, you know, makes a, a difference what, what, where you are in your life when, when you're diagnosed.
1: Now, when diagnosed, is there an estimate on life expectancy with people with Parkinson's? Does it uh, end life sooner?
3: Um, you know, a lot of people, um, my well, with my mother-in-law, you can have other health issues that aren't necessarily directly related, um, to the Parkinson's. Um, she ended up passing away from congestive heart failure. Um, a lot of people with Parkinson's, unfortunately with, um, have, have swallowing issues. So, um, you know, that, that can, um, you know, also be, you know, a a reason for, you know, a a little bit of an earlier passing away.
1: And what's been the experience with you and uh, your husband?
3: Um, you know, my husband right now, he's, you know, he's, he's 56, and um, he's had deep brain stimulation, which has helped um, significantly with his, his tremor. Um, I really... View it as you know. His full-time job is taking care of himself. So we're very proactive with the you know with therapy. He does physical therapy, speech therapy, um, cognitive therapy. Exercise is the only thing that slows the progression of Parkinson's. Nothing else.
2: Another another so, magic bullet for exercise.
3: Exactly, and I can't you know tell you. I mean, he does you know, every summer he does a hike to raise awareness for Parkinson's and it's on the Pacific Crest um, Trail and it's a 53-mile backpacking trip that, you know, people with Parkinson's do to help raise money um, wow. for research and, you know, to help help raise awareness.
1: Well, living in uh, Colorado, as you do, there's no shortage of an ability to walk uphill.
3: <laughs> exactly. And that, you know, and sometimes the apathy makes it a little bit different, makes it more challenging. Sure. Um, I feel like sometimes I'm a little bit of a nag, but it's for his good. Now, does he know so, he's apathetic? Um, I tell him. <laughs> yes, he does know that he doesn't have, you know, I mean, he he, he does know, yes.
2: Okay, That which, you know, that... that, it doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. Yes, you know, absolutely.
1: Either you are or you're not. Right. Now, how have you kept yourself so upbeat uh, you know, you sound cheerful. Obviously, you've got a lot of energy and a lot of drive. Where, where does that come from uh, deep down in Leslie Peters?
3: Well, you know, um, we, like I said, we isolated ourselves for a while. Um, I have a, a, a strong faith, and um, we were, you know, we, we have great kids, and, and I have a great family um, you who know, helped me. I kind of got to a point where I realized that if I didn't channel my energy into something positive, that I wasn't going to survive this this change in our lives. Um, you know, not not to sound overly dramatic, um, but um, getting involved with the Parkinson's Foundation really was um, my life changing event. Um, you know, I I was asked to go onto Capitol Hill and. Through my experience on Capitol Hill, I had applied for um, the People with Parkinson's Advisory Council with the Parkinson's Foundation, and I was um, the vice chair and served on that committee for three years. Just um, seeing that there was such a wonderful organization that was out there working, you know, day and night to make lives better for people with Parkinson's, you know, they focus on research, but then they also focus on just daily better lives, and um, that was, you know, very, very um, helpful for me. Um, I have met people um, who are, you know, going through the same types of things. And that has helped to really channel my energy um, into, into something positive. Well, so, I mean, I'm very thankful to them.
2: Well, it, you know, it's it's great that you can you know take your energy and, and channel it in this direction. If you are, are there any myths about Parkinson's that you would like to dispel? Do we have misunderstandings or misgivings about Parkinson's?
3: Well, I mean, it's not just visible symptoms. It's a lot more than.
1: a lot of
3: um, you know symptoms that aren't aren't visible. Um, I I've talked to you know multiple people. I do a lot of community outreach and, you know, people will have a handicap sticker on their car and they'll walk into the store and then, you know, be, you know, yelled at by somebody saying you don't look like you're disabled. Well, you know, depending on where you are, you know, with your medications, the thing with Parkinson's is, you know, you take your medications and you're good for a few hours, but then, then you're not. And it can be very sudden that your you know medications go off. Um, also, you know, that it's a, that it's an old person disease. It's, it's, it's not an old person disease.
2: Well, and Michael J. Fox has done a lot in that kind of consciousness raising.
3: Exactly. Exactly. And I'm, I'm, I'm also so thankful, you know, for all the work that, that, that he's done. Um, you know, the Millie Conjacchi award was, he was through, you know, the Michael J. Fox foundation along with the Parkinson's foundation. And I'm, you know, I was, Lucky enough to get to see him in person at one of the policy forums, and and he's a very great inspiration to me.
1: Now we are flat out of time. For folks who want to learn more, is there a website for the Parkinson Foundation?
3: Um, yes. Um, if you go to um, www.parkinson.org, um, there are tons of uh, resources. Um, one book that the Parkinson's Foundation. Um, put out is one called caring and coping and you know you can call the health line and um they will you know send you the book at 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 no cost
1: perfect got to stop you right there leslie peters thank you so much for coming on
3: thank you so much i can't i can i can't
1: thank you enough you take care parkinson's foundation leslie peters i'm ron aaron along with our co-host carol zernio we thank you so much for listening to caregiver sos on air